Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode in which I'm joined by Sophie, who is currently sat in uh, Nashville. And Sophie Zolman, is that the right way of pronouncing it? That is correct. Yeah, great. Uh, So Sophie Zolman is your business's new best friend. She's a certified online business manager, social media manager, and customer acquisition specialist who has been providing next level business support services to coaches, consultants, and visionary entrepreneurs for over 20 years. She's a skilled, I love this, skilled chaos coordinator. Uh, with a passion for organization and uses her talents to give business owners back their time so that they're free to focus on scaling their businesses and make more money. She loves creating the strategies and systems that empower businesses to do more. And when she's not helping business owners build their empire, she's spending time with her husband, who I've just been chatting just before we started this recording to know that she's been married to for more than 30 years uh, because you said you 30th anniversary trip to the UK, Uh, kids, adorable grandson, preferably at the beach. She's a coffee addict, which makes her a perfect candidate for the business success and coffee podcast, an 80s rock aficionado and a proud muggle with a passion for all things Harry Potter. And again, we were just talking about my trips to London in which I passed some of the filming areas of that. And she's still waiting for her invitation from Hogwarts to arrive, which actually, let's see if we can help you with that. But until that day comes, she'll use her magic to make your business uh, and take your business to the next level. And when you're ready to scale, she'll be by your side and all the way, all the way to the top and all the way perhaps to uh, Hogwarts as well. We'd all like to have a little bit of a magic in our lives, wouldn't we? So that's great. So welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here to, uh, to chat with you and and see what I can, uh, what kind of great information and, and fun we can have here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, before I go through any of the standard questions, you were telling me that you've got your office decorated with all things Hogwarts uh, and into the hallway as well. Where did that passion start? Was it from the books? Was it from the movies or was it from something completely different? For me, it was actually the movies because um, I didn't start reading the books till after movie three. My son was reading the books. And since he was passionate about the books, we took him to the movies. And by movie three, I was hooked. I was like, okay, I love these movies. I got to go read the books because I know the books are always better than the movies. Yeah. And I just I like lit up and I start I read through all the books that were out at the time. And as each new one came out. I was there to pre-order it, get it in and sit and read it until, you know, all hours of the night. <laughs> and yeah. I even got it by then. I got it before my son got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Harry Potter, I, 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 I don't read very much. Even I've got loads of books on the bookshelf behind me. Uh, and it was always one of those things that they said at school, you know, if he read more, he'd be so much, much better. Uh, and a friend of mine said, well, if you don't read, why don't you listen to books? I said, listen to books. 
And this was probably only about 20 years ago, perhaps even less than that. And he said, oh, yeah, I listened to books. And it, it was before Audible and things like that. So he said, I listened to them on CD. So you can get them from the library. And he said, I've got one that you can read or listen to. Because even though I say reading, I mean, listen. And he gave me this CD pack. And the first one he gave me was Harry Potter. Awesome. <laughs> but it was a, a huge stack of CDs. And I thought this is going to take me forever. I think it was about 13 or 14 CDs that were on this uh, collection. So that was my first experience of listening to Audible. And I've listened to lots of uh, business books on Audible since. Uh, and that actually, unfortunately, is the only audio version of Harry Potter that I listened to. Because then I got into the movies and I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to stick with the movies and just work through the movies. I won't do the books as well. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So it's great to know that you started with the movies. So you said in your bio, you're a coffee addict. And <laughs> tell us a little bit more about that. And in particular, what coffee you've got with you today to talk about. Well, it, it's really kind of funny. I was not a coffee drinker until well into my adult life. Um, when we went and we, we, we moved to Virginia for a few years during those 30 years of marriage. And, uh, my sister-in-law got me hooked on coffee with fancy. Well, it was flavored coffees with also flavored creams. And I got hooked on that then. Uh, but now I am actually, I drink straight coffee, black. I don't have any cream or sugar or anything in it. And our favorite daily coffee is uh, Death Wish Coffee, the most caffeinated coffee there is. Wow. And today's particular brew is their limited edition Ethiopian blend. And that's what I'm drinking today in my nice big blue cup here. So Death Wish Coffee. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, I've not come across, nobody's mentioned that before. I've, I've had some high caffeine bullet something coffee and other things like that. But yeah, not Death, Death Wish Coffee. Great. Okay. Yes, it's deathwishcoffee.com. It's um very it's um it's like non-GMO and organically and and um uh, what's it called uh, the trade can't remember fair trade. Yep. Yeah, fair trade coffee yeah. and it's most co- as far as I know, it's the most caffeinated coffee out there and it's yeah. it's amazing, but it still tastes good and it's and it's got different kinds of um, you, know, you can get light, medium, and dark roast, and then yeah. they do have these special limit editions uh, on occasion too. And then they've got lots of swag. I mean, I don't have any yeah. swag, but they have lots of swag yeah. you can get too. <laughs> it's interesting you said about the taste there, because I think some people, when you associate high caffeine coffees, you tend to associate that loss of taste, don't you? Yes, yeah, it's a bit like some of some of the alcoholic drinks out there. The stronger it seems to get, the less taste it has. So it's good to hear that they've got that balance of taste and caffeine levels right as well. And I'm they also do. glad. And that, I'm that's also glad. The reason why I can drink it without cream and sugar now is because yeah. it's a very smooth, um, it's a sm- very smooth coffee that I don't have to drown out the nasty taste with cream and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm, all, I'm also glad to hear that you've only really become a coffee drinker since you, well, I know you said well into adulthood, but we don't want to encourage any small children to start drinking high caffeine, death wish coffee. So uh, if any children are listening to this, coffee is for adults, not for children. So that's OK. Um, so you've, you've told me about how you take your coffee uh, and, you know, obviously the coffee you're drinking. Is there any particular 
mug, favourite mug, you know, thinking about all things Hogwarts. Have you got, you know, your favourite Hogwarts mug? You know, what do you drink your coffee out of? I have a huge collection of Harry Potter coffee cups and mugs. Okay. And so, I mean, this particular cup I'm drinking out of right now is not one of them. Okay. But I do have um, at least a half a dozen, if not probably 10 or 12 right. <laughs> Harry Potter coffee cups. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I rotate through them, you know, pretty much daily. Um, One of my favorites is um, it's on one side, it's got the picture of Hogwarts. And then on the other side, when it's hot, it says, you know, Harry Potter Universal Studio, Wizarding World Harry Potter from the the park down in Florida where the Harry Potter uh, park is down in Florida. That's where I get most of my swag for Harry Potter down there at Universal Studios, Harry Potter that I've been to probably a dozen times now. I did think it'd be several times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But oh, I have multiple cups and I just, I circulate through them daily. <laughs> yeah. So, so before we, we go on to the, the business side of this, I just want to ask you one other sort of Hogwarts question, really. Okay. Favorite character. Sirius Black. Ah, okay. Sirius Black, because he was, he, he went against all the odds, you know, his family was not, was, you know, part of the Death Eaters and those things. And he went against all that and was there for Harry after his parents died and all of those things until, of course, he died. But I, he was just, you know, he was, Harry was triumphant, but in, in a way, Sirius Black was even more triumphant with all he had to go through with being in Azkaban and yeah. you know being accused of killing you know peter pettigrew and and not really doing it he was actually trying to save the potters and things like that so and i just really this, this and is plus, a i like gary oldman as right the here. actor in the movie so i gary oldman's a very good actor too and i thought he played a really amazing serious black yeah yeah, yeah. And i think you know we're, we're getting a, a hogwarts masterclass right here aren't we as well so <laughs> but it's it's interesting isn't it because yeah and, I, and i'm this sort of ties in a little bit to, you know, the business and, and obviously what you do in the business. But very often when we're trying to tell our story, we're always looking for somebody that we can associate with. Or, you know, if we, you know, when I look at fiction in particular and I look at, you know, the film Shrek and, and other hero-based films, there's, there's usually just one or two that you can put yourself in the shoes of and you can see the transformation and the, the evolution of the characters. One of my favorite fictional authors is Harlan Coben. I'd love to have Harlan Coben. If anybody knows Harlan Coben, I'd love to have him <laughs> on the podcast. He's by far my favorite uh, fictional author. Uh, sorry for the Hogwarts fans that are perhaps listening to this as well. But it's because of the complexity of the characters. And there are so many people that you can associate with and you can see that are transforming and overcoming things. And it's yeah, it's intriguing that you picked somebody who's you see that many people probably didn't as, as a complex character that has gone through so much, given so much and sacrificed so much. And as a result, actually come out of the, the, the series of, of novels and series of films as as a victor rather than a victim. Uh, and that's that's an interesting perception you had there of, of, of that character. Yeah, he was, uh, he, he went through a lot and, you know, and I can say you're, you're right. I mean, I can relate to him in the respects of all the ups and downs he went through in life and 
up yeah. until his death, um, you know, and he died, you know, heroically and honorably, you know, defending Harry Potter. So, you know, I can yeah. only hope that, I mean, I don't want to die the way he died, but <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I do hope that I do die honorably and whatnot when the time comes, yeah. Uh, yeah. hopefully many years down the road. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So tell us a little bit more about your own business and what you've been working on, perhaps something that you have either fixed in your business or something that's evolved in your business. Tell us a little bit and give us an insight into you and your business. Sure. So, so yes, I've been doing this for 20 years and uh, initially I did it freelance and didn't have a business. Okay. Uh, but then when I found the online coaches and consultants through a, a transcription job I was doing instead of what I, you know, currently do. Yeah. Um, I realized that's the, that's, those are the people I wanted to support. And at that time I was a virtual assistant. Um, and so I relaunched myself out into the online world as a virtual assistant and I got on social media and I started networking and six months later, uh, other virtual assistants connected with me and asked me to subcontract for them. So then my business was born. I knew I needed to give the business entity to, you know, protect myself and to, you know, to protect them and their businesses. So in October of 2009, Sophie Zoe LLC was born and that's the legal business name of my company. And at that time I was Sophie Zoe virtually there for you. And we, I offered different kinds of virtual, virtual services. Yeah. And then over the years, I started to learn a whole lot, both by, you know, by trial and error and just and study and whatnot. But in 2016 is when I became certified in social media management and online business management. And I went from a quasi team based business to a solo business. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did have an assistant and things like that, but I didn't have a full team of people. I was sure. being, the, I was, I was the one doing 90% of the work yeah. and I realized, you know, over time, I realized that that probably wasn't going to be the best way to serve the most people and be able to grow my revenue and income as much as I wanted to. And, uh, in 2000 or in 2018, I went exclusive with a client, they, a high-end client who was paying me six figures to be exclusive. And I'd been with them for many years and I made that choice to go exclusive and I let go of all my clients. And then a year later, they let me go. Oh, wow. So I literally lost it all in 2019 and started over from scratch. Hmm. And that's an interesting time to do that as well, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Right before, you know, a year and a half before the pandemic hit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But uh, so I did. And, and, um, and it was, you know, it was devastating at first, but it was also the best thing that could happen to me because I was able to rebuild my business from the ground up with a business model and people surrounding me and helping me that I've not had in the past. And I could do whatever I wanted with my yeah. business, yeah. create the exact kind of business and team and client list and the whole nine yards um, in that time period. And it, you know, I went from zero to back to six figures in about 15 months. And then the next year uh, I had my biggest year ever, which was the year of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and then last year I had an even bigger year and hit multiple six figures. So I actually right. did more for myself in business building and revenue and whatnot in that <laughs> two-year period 
than I did in the first 10 years of running my, of doing my business. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is going to be a really, really hard question to, to answer because I'm sure there's so many different aspects of how you've done that, but rebooting your business and yourself like that and literally restarting it. If there was one thing that you would say that you learnt or was the thing that you did most different to how you'd done it before, what, what would you say that one thing is, if you could pick just, just one key thing? It, it was really, it was a combination of making, having a coach, a really good coach um, yep. and his team there to help me build the best thing I can build with the right messaging, the right packages, the right services, and really digging deep, helping me dig deep to figure out what I really wanted in my business, what I wanted my business to be. I didn't, cause those first, you know, well, I mean, I had him prior to losing it all, but I only had him a couple of years prior to that. And, you know, I spent the first like eight or nine years of my business, you know, doing it all myself, trying to figure yeah. it out myself. And I have to say the biggest thing I learned was having a coach and mentor by my side to do it, to, to build it and then to rebuild it and yeah. to get me through all the mindset and all, you know, because that's a crushing blow. I mean, oh, it is, yeah. that was an, I was mentally and emotionally and physically devastated by such an, a sudden occurrence like that. And having him and my husband and a, you know, key circle of friends and family supporting yeah. me through all of that was the key to all of that happening again and coming out where I am today without that. If I had been in by myself, you know, without a coach and all that, like I did in the early days, I don't know that I would have made such a quick and amazing recovery that I did. And, and, you know, I echo that as well. I mean, I, in, in many of my businesses in years gone by, I've always had a, I was very fortunate when I first set up in business back in the nineties, I knew that I needed somebody to help me. You know, my business partner and I split up, I knew I needed a, some way to help me and I found a coach through networking but you're, you're right you know people like that aren't just great for the good times but they're also there to help you pick up the pieces and pick them up quickly as you've done in the bad times because catastrophe does come along you know you say in your bio you're a skilled chaos coordinator you know chaos is just around the corner for many of us most of the time isn't it and it is. you know you really need is. that support not just when you're doing things. I've had people that have said, do you know, I'm doing really well now. I don't need your services as a coach anymore. And you never know what's just around the corner. You know, it only takes a year, sometimes a little bit longer, and they come knocking back on the door and say, look, I'm, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. So, uh, so I'm, glad, I'm glad that was a key. And you're right about the family and friends, aren't you? It's, it's, it's important to have that support. But what a, great, what a great recovery as well. Well done. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was... It really was the best thing that happened to me. Um, you know, I, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know, even in the first, after the first twenty four hours, I could yeah. see that I really could because when when I first got that call and I you know told my husband first, he actually looked at me and said, "Good, I'm glad." Wow. And then I text my coach and said, "I've got a crisis here. I need to talk." And she said. It was, it was my, um, my accountability coach under my, my main coach. And she said, sure, give me a call. And I called her and I told her, and she also said, good, that needed to happen. 
and uh, everybody could see that it needed to happen. I mean, okay. I could see it in this, but I wanted it to happen on my terms. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to resign when I was ready and I had, you know, other things going on to where I could go from them to, you know, because I was building a, an agency style business on the side in that year that I was with them to be able to have a, additional revenue and, and yeah. whatnot in the business. And uh, which is a good thing because I had a starting point when I did lose, when they did let me go. But, you know, I was just like, I would have never had the time, energy and focus to build what I have today yeah. if I had stayed with them and not, and, you know, and waited for it to be right for me and not, you know, and it just, you know, it was like, but everyone was like, good, you needed to go because yeah. this was not a great, it had turned into something that was not a positive thing for me. Um, other than the money, it was not a good fit anymore. And there was a lot of stress and a lot of, you know, overworking and all those things. And my, you know, my family saw it and, you know, my coaches saw it and they were like, good, it's, I'm yeah. glad it needed to happen. It's, it's an interesting thing there, because as you were talking, I, I, I can recollect various times where I've completely, and I, I, don't, I don't particularly like the word pivot, but I've had to pivot. And, you know, when I became a coach in 2009, it was because of the banking crisis. You know, I decided to sell two or three businesses uh, and, you know, do what I do now. But it was helped by that extreme set of circumstances that almost forced the issue. Would I have done it if there hadn't have been a banking crisis? No, because my plan was to do it when I was 50. But I ended up doing it when I was 42. Yeah, and yeah. I can think of lots of different times in my life when that chaos and that you know, absolute catastrophe has come. And that's been the, the, the catalyst that's needed to re-Phoenix, isn't it? And you come back stronger. Uh, and I know Absolutely. not everybody does and some people really struggle, but there's a great book um, that certainly I'd recommend to the listeners by, I think, I'm sure it's by Seth Godin called The Dip, When to Stick and When to Quit. And sometimes you have to really, really look hard and think, is it the time to quit? And, and a lot of people don't succeed because they don't quit. They just keep slogging at it, thinking one day this is going to turn around or one day it'll be right for me to quit. Yeah. And as soon as you get to that point, the time is now, isn't it? Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It really is. And, you know, and I, I should have known that I should have done it. But, you know, when you're tied to the, you, I was tied to them for almost six years when it happened. I mean, I'd been with them for yeah. a very long time. So I was very, but I was very loyal and very, you know, in, in, in ingrained in the business with them and loved. I mean, generally speaking, I loved what I did for them. Yeah. There were out, other outside factors that were the unenjoyable pieces, but, you know, I thought it would get better or I would get to a point where I could quit on my own terms and, you know, but I, it, it didn't happen. And it, I don't know if it, it would have happened if I hadn't been let go, you know, because I don't know that, like I said, I don't think I could have focused on the other side of the business enough to grow it to where I could yeah. have quit myself. And that's a great listen for us. Yeah. Lesson for us all, all to, to listen to that. I just want to ask, obviously you focused on coaches and consultants and a lot of people in various episodes in the past, and, you know, and I, I teach this as well with all of my clients, whether business clients or coaches, that you know, having a, a niche or a niche is really, really important. And you know, what's the saying? The riches are in the niches. Yep. Uh, 
but it's always difficult to choose somebody to work with. And I work with, with coaches and consultants like yourself. Um, what, what made you choose that, that niche? Because, you know, a lot of the guests on this podcast actually have been coaches and consultants and that was never my aim. My aim was to get business owners sharing business tips. And I don't mean that coaches and consultants aren't business owners, but I've ended up with 90% of them being coaches and consultants. What, what gave you that idea that that was the niche that you were going to go down? Well, the, the transcription that I was doing was the teleseminars of old before Zoom was a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was transcribing the, co- the online coaches, consultants, and, and like course creators and whatnot. I was transcribing their teleseminars and workshops. Ah. And, and I really resonated with who they were, what they were teaching, and what they were doing. At, because my previous work had been in the e-commerce space. And I knew I did not want to get back in the e-commerce space because sure. by the time I left it, it was uh, it was not a good situation as well. That was the one I got to leave on my own terms. <laughs> but I really, you know, I was I didn't, you know, and that's why I was doing transcription is because I knew I didn't want to get back into the e-commerce space, but I didn't really know where I wanted to go. So I did transcription, and that's where I was introduced to the online coaches and consultants that I work for now. And it was just, they just, what they taught, what they were doing really resonated with me. And, and I really, it really lit me up to go, I want to support these people. I want to be yeah. their virtual assistant, their social media manager, whatever they need, because I want to see them get out there more and, and grow their businesses. And I want them to be, you know, helping as many people as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because you've narrowed that down, not just coaches and consultants, online coaches and consultants, because that probably takes out quite a, a swathe of coaches and consultants as well. And until COVID hit anyway, because obviously since then, more and more of them, of, of those have had to go online uh, and do more like that. So that's, right. that's great to hear. And it's great to hear the results that you've had as a consequence of that. So if people want to find out more about um, what you do for coaches and consultants and more about, you know, your, your online uh, sort of management services, et cetera, what, where do people go and what, what do you want to direct people to? Uh, Well, the first place to go learn more about me is my website, sophiezo.com, S-O-P-H-I-E-Z as in zebra O.com. You can learn all about me there. There is the opportunity to book a free 30 minute chat with me to see how we can support you and help you and the, you know, the various services we offer, because there is a plethora of services we do. And it's easier to talk about that than to try to list it all out on a website. Uh, But I'm, and I'm also on every social media platform except TikTok. And okay. I'm either, I'm Me either too. Sophie Zoe, the Sophie Zoe, or on LinkedIn, I'm Sophia Zolman, my full birth name. Well, my birth married name. And, and I too have a podcast and you can learn a lot about what we do and the experts that I've brought in this year to, to help further my message. Uh, it's called building your empire with Sophie Zoe. And it's on all the podcast platforms. You can go there as well and learn more about me through my podcast. So I've got to ask you a question now. And this is sort of slightly off-piste here, but I've just come back from skiing, so we're allowed to go off-piste. Sure. Have you had issues? I've just put my podcast onto uh, Audible and Amazon, and Apple didn't seem to like that. So I had to resubmit everything to Apple and iTunes because as soon as I put it onto Audible and Amazon, 
it seemed to get shut down on Apple. Is that is that being a problem for, for you or anybody else listening to this? It hasn't been a problem for me. I put myself, and I don't know if it's the distribution service you use or whatever, but no, because I'm on Amazon and Audible and, and Spotify and, and all of yeah, those. Yeah. And, and I did most of those. I, I did most of the big ones at first, you know, Apple and Google yeah. and I think Spotify and Pandora and things like that. Um, and Amazon, Amazon and Audible did come later, but no, I, I've not, I didn't get any, I didn't get any blowback from Apple or any of the other platforms yeah. when I got onto Audible and Amazon yeah. and all of those places. Yeah. It, it only seemed to be sort of what, like you recently going on to Audible and, and to Amazon. So uh, yeah, great. Okay. Just thought I'd ask. That's, that's interesting. Sure. <laughs> so with with all the different aspects to your business and and how you help people you know in, in all different areas if you could give the listeners a tip or a lesson of something that they can do that they can take away from this episode that we can hold them accountable to actually making a difference in their business by a lesson or a tip you can share what would that be that you want to share today sophie don't do it alone even in the early stages of your business, hire help or get interns or get volunteers, you know, to get experience, but get help to get the daily things off your plate that keep you away from doing the revenue generating tasks. Because even in the early days, having someone maybe even five hours a month to do a few things for you to keep things going on that side of it, you know, it could be your email management. It could be your scheduling of your, you know, your sales calls or your potential yeah. client calls, but don't do it alone for too long because you're going to get stuck and you're going to plateau and you can't go any further, even in the early days, if you are, are trying to do it all yourself. Yeah. What, what do you think is the thing that gets in the way the most of people doing that? Cause I completely agree with you and, uh, you know, um, I definitely echo echo that. And I've in all my businesses, I've been quite fortunate because I'm not particularly good at doing too much when it comes to admin and finances. So there's always things I have to outsource pretty quickly. Um, but what do you think gets in the way of people actually going out there and reaching out for help and, and other resources? Uh, in some cases, they they have the mindset that nobody can do it as good as they can do it. Mm. And the, so they don't want to risk getting, you know, hiring someone who can't do it as good as they can. Yeah. Um, the other part is they, you know, they, um, they're, they're, especially in the online world when it's not face to face in an office space, yeah. there's, you know, there's some trust factors there where they're, you know, yeah. how do they, how do they know who to hire? That's not gonna, you know, they're going to pay them money to do stuff and then get ghosted because I mean, that does happen and it, yeah, yeah. it's, been, you know, and it's, it's a trust factor. They don't know, they don't have enough built-in trust, uh, not in them, in, in other people, you know, yeah. strangers, because you're really hiring a stranger you've never met face-to-face. -face. And, yeah. you know, in the earlier days, you know, we didn't really have Zoom to have even these video calls where we could yeah. do this. It was really literally emails and phone calls. And, you know, you can say a lot and do a lot in email and phone. And then, I mean, you can still have a zoom call and still be that kind of person that says, yes, I'll work for you and I'll take your money. And then I won't do work and I'll go, I'll disappear. That's right. You know? um, the other thing is hiring help that, um, you know, they don't know how to hire qualified help who really has experience. I, because a part of what I've done over the years is 
rescue people. Um, They'll come to me after they've hired someone that's turned into a disaster because they didn't know what they were doing or they thought they did and they messed it up and we had to clean up the mess. And then they're, then, you know, we kept them on as a long-term client because it's like we saved them and then we showed them how good it can be. And we kept going from there. Yeah. And and I think one thing listeners I'd add to to Sophie's comment there is I, I always have the mantra hire slowly, fire quickly. And yes. so make sure you hire the right people, take your time, set targets. And if people don't hit the targets, you know, give them an opportunity, but you know, don't, don't give them too much, you know, um, say hire slowly, fire quickly. But I think there's a, a key thing. And this is what I like about your service. Sophie in particular is why would I go to get help from somebody who has no experience in my industry? I'm always going to get, generally and i know there probably are some exceptions to rule but i'm always going to get somebody who is going to be able to get up to speed quickly be able to be better than i am at doing what i want to do because they know and work with people in my industry and i think sometimes i see people particularly coaches that outsource and they think oh i don't want to outsource for them because they work with other coaches and they work with my competitors well, great, because that's what you want. You want somebody who understands your market. You want somebody who understands what you need that can think about you and for you without you having to think about it, don't you? I mean, it just seems ridiculous to me. So find people who are really good at serving the people that you are one of, because that will always serve you better, always. Absolutely. And, and, and over here in the US, that's what your contracts are for non-disclosure clauses and all of those things are in the kind, if you have a solid contract with the people you hire and the people you work with, they are bound to keep your stuff confidential because that's your, in, in to your point is it's yes, they're working for the competition, but am I going to give away company secrets? You know, it's like, Oh, well, she's working for coach so-and-so. And if I let her into my coaching world, she might go tell that coach that, you know, um, what I do and that, and then, and they'll steal my stuff. And it's, it's not, I mean, and anybody with integrity, like, you know, myself, even if there wasn't a contract with a non-disclosure clause, I still wouldn't do that. Yeah. But, you know, there is that worry of, you know, the trade secrets being shared, um, you know, without permission and and that kind of a thing. And, and it's really, it's not about that. It's about knowing your world, knowing your industry, because someone like me who comes from, who works for the coaches in the coaching industry, you know, without giving away company secrets and coaching secrets, but, you know, if there's things we've done in somebody else's business that was successful as far as like an, a marketing initiative or, you know, a different, you know, ways to get more visibility and, and to sell and whatnot that are not proprietary, I can share that experience. Yeah. I can share what I know about, well, so-and-so did a launch of their coaching program and we did this kind of marketing format, this kind of marketing funnel. And like I said, as long as it isn't trademarked, copyrighted and, or, you know, a very specific company uh, secret, I can share that experience and that information and we can test it and try it and see if it works for them. But we, you know, I think when we're looking to outsource, how great is it? You know, when we look for, I remember having personal assistants when I had businesses uh, uh, and, it was great because they knew what I wanted before I knew I wanted it. They could get in my head 
you know, you know, when I walked in the office, people knew what I was looking for and what I was wanting. So to have somebody that you outsource it to that thinks like that and knows how you think, knows how you feel about things and what you're looking for, yeah, is is always an addition to that. So that's great. So great advice and some great tips. And um, yeah, uh, and we've learned a little bit about Death Wish coffee as well and all things Hogwarts. <laughs> Yes, Harry Potter and Death Wish Coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a combination. So going back to the, to the, to the final question then, um, if you were going to have your next coffee in a dream location, okay, uh, fictional or real, okay, so this is going to get a, bit, a little bit interesting now, um, where would it be and who would it be with? Wow, well, if I could have... And I know, I don't know if she's a coffee drinker or not, Okay. but I really would love to go have coffee with JK Rowling and pick her brain about all the Harry Potter stuff. Uh, and so, and over in England where y'all are at, I would love to come over to England and have coffee with JK Rowling and, yeah. and just learn all the ins and outs of the Harry Potter books and stories that aren't in the books and, and her yeah. ex experience and, and whatnot, writing all of that. I think it would be really fun to sit down and talk have really great coffee and talk Harry Potter. So I'd have my two favorite things in one place, in one situation. Perfect. Perfect. Love that. That's great. And I'm sure there's a few chapters lying around on the floor somewhere that haven't been included. That would be great to know about, wouldn't they, as well? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Any little tips and, you know, I mean, because she, she's over the years, she has slowly divulged things that weren't in the books, but I'm sure there's still things she hasn't divulged that, and just, you know, hanging out with her and, and you know, yeah. having coffee with her would be cool. And, and from what I see, actually, people seem to get on with it. I know she's a very private person uh, and doesn't you know, go out in public much uh, and you know, doesn't share her private life so much. But you know, the people that I see that have been around have actually said good things about her. So, yes. uh, yeah, so I'm sure it'd be a great, great. Call. And who knows? She might even pick up the check. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, she might. Well, yeah, yeah. And hopefully if she's listening to this podcast, she'll email yeah. me and. And we'll have we'll have coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah. And fly to England there. and have coffee with her. Yeah, and we'll we'll both have her as a guest. That would be great, wouldn't it? That yes, would that great. would be great. <laughs> yeah. So just reminders of where people can go to find out more about you. Just give us the details again of, of the links and uh, and where people can go. The website is sophiezo.com. On social media, I'm Sophie Zoe or the Sophie Zoe. And uh, my podcast is Building Your Empire with Sophie Zoe. Great. Well, listeners, go and check out Sophie's uh, podcast. Of course, leave us a review of this podcast. Let us know what you've enjoyed about it as well. And it's been great having you on the, the podcast. And, uh, you know, it's been great to share so many different things as well, not just coffee and business, but a little bit of fantasy as well. That's always good to have in a podcast. Thank you very much for taking part. All right. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great fun and I've really enjoyed it. And, and listeners, as you know, I say this at the end of every podcast, you know, my mission is to make sure that you take something of value away. You've had something of value. Now it's to take it away and most importantly, do something with it. Take some action. Look at what you can perhaps outsource, what you can get other people helping you with. And don't leave it too late, you know, as we've just been talking about. So don't do it alone. Go out there, make a change. And if you do something today, tomorrow, as you listen to this, do some list of some tasks that you could get other people to do 
that you can take off of your desk and take off of your to-do list. I think that would be a great way of doing us justice, of giving you our time by going out and doing something with that great tip that you've heard today. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.